Welcome to another episode of Only the Brave Have Fun. This is your host, Chaz Bear, and today's guest is Miha Matlaviski. Miha calls himself a fail coach, and he has had an incredible journey from someone whose net worth was worth around 15 million, uh, built from nothing, to losing everything and, and going bankrupt, and then building everything back up again. And these days he teaches uh, entrepreneurs, executives, and, and business owners on how to have a healthy relationship with failure. And that's what we're going to talk about in this episode as why knowing your why is, is essential to you know becoming successful as an entrepreneur and then keep going when the going gets tough. So let's welcome Miha. Today we have Miha and uh, he is a fail coach. Now that's very... I don't think anybody would call themselves that, but he has a very interesting story to share. And, and also today we are going to talk about something very interesting. It's about failure. Failure is a part of life, part of business. And it's so true, when, especially when it comes to business, when it comes to entrepreneurship. And that's what Mihir is going to talk to us today. And he's going to tell us a little bit about his story as well. So I think the best place to start is, Miha, to, uh, you know, with, with yourself about what you really do now and, 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 and how you kind of help people. and. Uh, and then, yeah, we'll, we'll go back to you, a little bit of your background. Hey, Jezbeer. It's, it's a pleasure to be here, to be a guest on your show. What I do now, I mean, I've been in business for the past 23 years. And, you know, in, in that time, you learn quite a lot. So sometimes I, I help startups with funding, with business development, with uh, leadership, CEO, coaching. I often help companies with uh, laying down the foundation, preparation for the exit for founders. So quite a lot of different things. Also, a big part of what I do is teaching people how to have healthy relationship with failure. I do a lot of work around new entrepreneurs, helping them lay down uh, good foundations from the start so that they don't have that problem later on. Because the, the, the longer you go without foundations, the harder, I mean, not the harder, but the longer it takes to then put them in place. You know, when you already have 30, 40, 50 employees, it's, it's quite some work to get them on board with the new stuff and, and, and so on. So the earlier you start, the better. So I love helping new entrepreneurs when they're starting their business to just lay down foundations from the start. Awesome. I mean, you touched on, uh, um, you know, about building a healthy relationship with, with failure. Um, and everybody starting out thinks, you know, it's going to be going to be the next Google or something big. And they jump in with both feet. They're very excited, very happy uh, on their way. And soon reality starts to hit. And that's what happened with you as well. So let's, let's do a talk about that. How did your kind of journey start as an, as an 18 year old? I dropped out of high school when I was 17, just because I didn't like the system, to be honest. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I started my entrepreneurial journey. I started in my father's small business. Um, unfortunately, he quite soon died because of cancer. So I took over. Uh, things were go. I mean, I had a lot of downs already then, but I was able to overcome them. Unfortunately, I didn't learn anything from those struggles. And when things got uh, beautiful again and, and, and things started to go the way they should be, I was riding that wave of good macroeconomics before the crisis. And I was just, I never took the time to 
even learn what foundations are and, and how do you lay them down and so on. And so what I often say is, you know, we all remember that story of the three little pigs from our childhood. And, uh, you know, the first house is made out of straws. And that, that, that was my businesses, you know, there was no solid foundation. So when the crisis came with the first wind that was starting to blow, everything uh, went down. They were all connected to each other through uh, one company of mine that was building a huge real estate project. All of other companies were uh, kind of collateral uh, co-signers of that agreement. So was I personally with all my assets on the table as well. And uh, yeah, price of real estate dropped so significantly that I was in the middle of the project and I wouldn't be able to make it profitable. I mean, I would end up with a huge loss if I would go and finish it and the bank said we are out. And when the bank says that, they have all the tools to take all your money from your, all your other companies to take all your assets because, you know, you were co-signer. And then what happened was next day, my companies were bankrupt. I ended up $5 million in personal debt. I got divorced. I started having huge permanent depression, anxiety. Slowly, there was just darkness in me. I didn't saw, you know, any way how I can get myself out of there. The ideas that I had were not working. I was slowly out of any ideas. And, you know, little by little, you don't see that light anymore on the other side of the tunnel. And because of that, you start thinking, you know, like, what's the meaning? What's the point of keep going? And uh, the idea of suicide started creeping in. And it was more and more there. My head was, you know, like a nuclear reactor waiting to explode. You wake up in the morning, bam, there are phone calls. And those phone calls weren't nice. You know, it wasn't people saying, oh, Micha, we're just going to sue you. That would be nice. It was more, you know, we're going to do this and this to you and, and so on. It was almost like, you know, the mafia boss is calling you. So it was a physical threat to harm you. If, yeah, if, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. To harm me, to, to do uh, different stuff to me, to, I don't know. Like, yeah, uh, it, it was a very, like, and, and this goes, you know, like this wasn't just one week. This went on for months. And uh, yeah, at one point I was sitting on my balcony. The apartment was just about to be taken away. I was on the fifth floor smoking a cigarette. And I just kind of climbed on the other side of the balcony. And I was like hanging there with just holding myself with one hand and, you know, just inclined already, like just ready to let go. And I was looking down and I remember I was thinking, am I going to do this right? You know, or will I just end up on a wheelchair? Because that's not, not, that's not the solution. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I have to finish it. And at that moment, I had this very heated debate with myself. I was using quite juicy language, so I'm not going to repeat that here on your podcast. But, you know, along the lines of you messed up, you made so many mistakes. But one thing was, you know, consistent. It was you, 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 you. And it was at that moment, that, that was the aha moment when I realized, well, I mean, that was the first aha moment when I realized that it was really all my mistakes before, because up to that moment, you know, I was blaming the economy, the crisis, 
some of my past business partners, employees, and so on. You know, I wasn't really taking the blame for what happened to me. And that was the first realization. But then the big aha moment where I started to see the light was if I was able to do it once and, and with all those mistakes to still get to that point, I can do it again. Especially if I learn, if I grow, if I change, if I do things differently, if I make better decisions and so on, I can do even better. I can do even bigger. Now, I mean, I, I knew that that ain't going to happen overnight. But I started seeing the light again, and it was enough for me to keep fighting. And then, you know, this long journey started, three and a half years of working on personal development, business development, you know, laying down foundations in me, the entrepreneur, learning all the skills and, and soft skills and everything that I was lacking the first time. And then business development, you know, like processes, systems, uh, KPIs, benchmarking, uh, brand stories, uh, content strategies, storytelling, like a lot of what it takes to create a successful company and not just successful on a short run, but a long-term sustainable, uh, profitable company. And so in 2014, so almost Four, no, not almost, but four years later after that crash, I started a new startup. It was an energy efficiency startup. We were helping big corporations save how much electricity and gas they use. And with all that new knowledge, with all that new experience, with all the lessons learned, I was able to grow it from zero to multiple eight figures in, in the first year to multiple nine figures next year. And then I had a successful exit. I was able to repay all my past debts with all the interest. So it was at the end, it was almost 7 million. Wow. And I found myself with this abundance of freedom of time and freedom of money and the ultimate freedom, which is the freedom of choice. And yeah. when I was thinking, you know, like, what do I do now? I have all this time and everything. What do I do now? I just, Start while I was thinking, I was going to meetups. I was going to you know startup incubators, accelerators where I knew people, and I was just helping others. You know, I was just volunteering to be a mentor here, mentor there. To, I was always happy when I could share lessons with somebody so that they don't have to go through the same thing. And at one point, I realized that this is really what I want to do for the rest of my life. I love helping people. It felt even though now I don't have the same amount of money as I had back then, but I yeah. feel like a billionaire in my heart. And, and it's the yeah. most wonderful feeling, when, uh, especially when I'm working with people who come from huge adversity. That's what inspires me the most. And then you change their lives and, and the lives of people around them. And they can employ people and give them good paychecks and you know, all of that. And, and it's so wonderful. And I'm honestly more happy about their successes than I am about my successes. I'm probably happier than they are when they succeed because I really, it's a really this warm, fuzzy feeling in your heart that no money can ever give you or no material thing can ever give you. That's pretty awesome. I mean, Absolutely. I mean, I hear a lot of the time, um, you're obviously coaching and, and right now, and a lot of the time you hear, especially when it comes to around coaching and mentorship, 
that you know it's it's uh, it's an industry with uh, tons and tons of people coming in thinking they're going to help people. It's a full time job. It's it's a full time work helping other people, um, and it's it does take a lot of you to, to kind of do that. I mean, I wish when I started off, um, I wish I, I had someone who could you know been there, done it, can really help me out. Finding those people that are actually doing it and they have their own kind of business running and they're not coaching, it's very difficult for them to give you the time. Whereas people like yourself have now kind of found, you know what, I've been through this, I've kind of rebuilt myself, I've learned these lessons, how can I now share that? And, and you know, really, I really resonate with that. You know, people never get told the dark side of uh, entrepreneurship and business and what can happen in life. And there's people like yourself that come forward and talk about it and really helps. And I'm really glad you chose to do this and, you know, it really happened. Well, I mean, the thing is, it's just a mindset shift, you know. Often I'm asked when I do these interviews, like, okay, so now that you're the fail coach, do you never fail again? And I say, no, no. Uh, the, the two things that are different are I have a system in place so I can recognize failure uh, very quickly so I can react really quickly. Yeah. So that's one thing. But I would say that I fail more. It's, it's how I view failure that has changed. And, you know, what's one thing that's super common among entrepreneurs? Well, one thing is that we all want freedom. So that, that's one thing. But the second thing is that, you know, we all have these crazy ideas, you know, like these big crazy ideas. We, we want to change the world. We want to be next Google, next Facebook, next something, you know. And the crazier and the bigger your ideas, well, they ain't going to happen in the comfort zone. You know, you need to push yourself. And the bigger the idea, the crazier the idea, the more you have to push yourself. And when, like, you know, when you do something for 10, 15, 20 times, it becomes your new comfort zone. Am I, is, do you agree? I agree. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's the first, second, third time when, you know, it's not yet comfort zone. And the likelihood that you will succeed on your first try is smaller than the likelihood of you not succeeding. Yes, of course, every now and then you do something for the first time and bam, you do it right. Um, every now somebody wins the lottery as well. Uh, but most of the time you will encounter a lot of failure or mishaps or roadblocks or struggles or whatever we want to call it. And it's so very important how you push past that so that you don't go into negativity, you don't go into negative emotions, you don't start that negative self-talk in your head, but you learn the lessons, you go and examine the process that led to that failure, improve on that. Sometimes, yes, yeah, sometimes you need to find some help outside. Sometimes maybe you pick a book, sometimes you join a masterclass, sometimes you just join a mastermind, sometimes you hire a coach or, or you find a mentor, um, somebody who, can, who, because, you know, when you fail, maybe you have another idea of what you can try and another one and another one, but maybe none of those ideas are really working. And at one point you come to the point where you have no more ideas. And so you need to start looking outwards who does have solutions to those. And sometimes you, you can find a more a coach that takes you through a long journey uh, or sometimes you need like just maybe one coaching session with somebody on a very specific topic. Um, and that's, that's how you then find solutions, implement them, test them out, and you know, slowly 
you're weeding out what's not working and more of more and more of what you're doing is working and that's how you achieve success in the fastest way so the faster you fail the more you fail the more you fail forward with good healthy relationship with failure the faster you will reach success that's that's kind of so true um i i, I had this realization about a year or so ago where you know someone someone comes to you and talks about you know they have this certain situation they need help with and you come up with these solutions they go and apply it and boom it works yeah and when the same or similar thing happens with you and you're trying to think you can't get to think it's because your business is your baby yeah you've put your heart and soul into it you have so many dreams attached to it you are in there every day doing things and and you it's it's impossible to have out of the box view yeah i have i'm a business coach and i think i'm a rather good one but i have coaches i have mentors i'm part of masterminds if any business coach tells you oh i don't need a coach i'm a coach myself run away because we all suck when it comes to our own business yeah it's so much easier to see how you can help others because there's no emotions attached you will see that for example if somebody who is very close and dear to your heart let's say your girlfriend or your boyfriend your wife your husband your mom brother sister you will have much harder time helping them with solutions because you you are in a way involved because that somebody who is very close to your heart the easiest yeah. that we can help is when we are completely detached absolutely the the key lesson here is I'm I'm sure you agree is that you know no matter what situation you're in and, and obviously you you can only do so much yourself it's to have this detached attachment if you like you know say it's it's a lesson whatever happens good or bad it's a lesson that I've got to learn and move on yeah so for for you for yourself you know you know what's been the kind of biggest obstacle as an entrepreneur that you think you know what this was the one where I would say that the biggest problem was not having any foundation i mean it's it's a lot of things that go into foundation so it's not like yeah. one specific thing but like foundations overall foundations start with you the entrepreneur so let's say if you want to have this healthy relationship with failure you should practice two things mindfulness and emotional intelligence mindfulness will let you step away from the current moment and prevent you from acting on autopilot that's a very key thing because your autopilot got you where you are today so if you want to change your future you need to change your autopilot and in the beginning you need to know how to switch it off and that is done by being mindful being present stepping away and making decisions not letting your you react on autopilot now the second thing is emotional intelligence why because most people we react with emotions when it would be better to act logically and we try to act logically sometimes when emotions are needed so we have this distortion of what's needed and so emotional intelligence is a very important thing so that's you the entrepreneur and then of course you have things like validating product market fit most businesses that fail that go bankrupt go bankrupt because two things one thing product market fit is not there second thing cash flow management those are the two biggest reasons why most businesses fail and then you have things like 
a system, processes, KPIs, benchmarking, company culture, HR structure, you know, brand story, like who we are, what do we stand for, um, knowing who's your ideal target client, and, and so on. So, uh, you know, there's quite a few things that go into that foundation. It's not one single thing, but having those foundations in place is the key. And I was lacking that. And until I figured that out, until I did it correctly in, in that last startup, all my other businesses were, they all went past seven and eight figures. It's not, you know, like the thing is at that time, the macroeconomic situation was really good. Similar to what it is right now. You know, real estate is going up, shares are going up, everything is booming. I mean, let's be honest, right now to go bankrupt, it's pretty hard. And the moment that positive macroeconomic situation changed, because of lack of the foundation, I was just, bam, crashed. And so, you know, next crisis is around the corner. Will it be this year? I don't know. Next year? I don't know. But in the next, you know, year or two or three years, another crisis is coming. I mean, if you look at history, you'll see that roughly every 10 to 12 years, a new crisis comes. And I think that this one will be bigger than the one before. Why? Because the world is more globalized and more connected. And so this crisis will not be local because what happens in the US is now even more affecting the rest of the world. Or I don't know, maybe it will start in China, maybe it will start in Russia. But everything is so connected, the world is so connected that I think it will be even a more worldwide crisis when it does happen. And companies that don't have foundations will be the ones that will be dying first. And then after six months, after, you know, that weeding is done, it's business as normal. So that's why that, that, that foundation is key. Right. And in, in your opinion, where, um, what are the, some of the struggles that you see that are common struggles in, in, within the kind of uh, with the entrepreneur, entrepreneurs at, at this time? And, and kind of what's the, what's the challenge for you to kind of help them up on that? Oh, I mean... Plenty of different struggles. Some struggle with imposter syndrome. Some struggle with lack, lack of clarity and focus. Some with fear of failure. Some fear success. There's really plenty. I call these things inner demons, and we all have them. Maybe we have one. Maybe we have multiple. Uh, maybe my inner demons are different than your inner demons. But the only way to win over those demons is to consistently, on a daily basis, fight them. And the more we do that, the stronger we become and the weaker demons become. Right. I see, for example, a lot of people who I work with in the early stages, they struggle with how do I reach out to people on social media? How do I have a conversation? They're too much in their head, you know, like, oh my God, I need to ask the right question. I need to do the marketing research. I, I need to do this and that. When in reality, you just have to be a human being, come from the heart and have a conversation. Yes, it takes a little bit longer. I'm not saying that the results will be there on day one. Of course, if you're good in psychology, if you're good in in conversational skills, then you you know how to wiggle around things and how you can get a lot from just one conversation. But if you don't have a leverage of that, it will take a little bit longer. Because the only thing that can help us speed up the process of business development is leverages. Yeah. 
many leverages, leverage of money, time, uh, experience, your network, your network's network, like all of those things are leverages. Now, identifying leverages, and I see a lot of that as well, that people are not aware of their leverages. And then when we jump on a call, when we brainstorm a little bit, they come back and say, oh my God, I had no idea. I, I have so many leverages that I can use. And then when you use those leverages, that's how you can speed up the process. I, I still haven't met anybody without any leverages, to be honest. Most of the time, it's just people not seeing them or, not, or thinking that, you know, like, oh, my network is bad. I, I don't have a good network of people and so on. So, so you know, they, they put down the leverages that they have. So that, that's one of the very common things as well. Uh, but I, I could hardly say like what is, you know, something that's repeating over and over. It's, it's a combination of, you know, certain inner demons and, and then combination of, of people not seeing the leverages that they have. Yeah. And also I see a lot of people want to start their business logically when you, you, you need to start something that's close to your heart. Right. Otherwise it's so hard. Every time you, you hit a struggle or a roadblock, it's so hard, you know, to keep going. And, but so many people are like, oh, what makes sense, you know, in, in 2020? What's the easiest thing in 2020? Like everything is easy if your heart is there. I mean, I've seen people do it the craziest stuff, you know, like, like really crazy stuff. For example, this one guy from Sweden, uh, a young guy. He was just out of, uh, out of university and he said, well, I don't have any, I don't have any skills or anything. And I started, I, I told him like, do me a favor, make a screenshot of your YouTube uh, recommendations and just send that over. And I saw video games. I said, oh, are you passionate about video games? Oh yeah, I can play them all day long and all night long and so on. And then we found that there is this uh, one particular video game I don't know what it's called, uh, GOG or something like that on, on, on the iPad. Guns of Glory. Yes, Guns of Glory. And a yeah. lot of old school people play that game, you know, people like myself. And we don't yeah. want to learn how to play that game. You know, we don't want to go into details. We just want to have fun every now and then and do a few attacks and, and, and something like that when we have a coffee break. Uh, but you can't do that at level one or two or three. You need to be level, I don't know whatever. Mm. And so he's basically, he created a course to help those people speed up the process. So like, like the course that literally walks you through, you know, so that you don't spend the money in the game on stupid stuff that's not important to your growth, but that's how you need to progress from level to level. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he, he was selling that. I haven't been in touch with him for a while now, but he was selling that for about hundred bucks. I mean, you know, for me, investing 100 bucks into something that will make me play that game more enjoyable, it's not a big deal. And yeah, he was making solid 10, 15, 20K a month uh, just wow. with that. Yeah. And then some people were like, oh, can you coach me one-on-one? -on -one? I don't want to go through the course. I want to, you know, <laughs> speed up even more. And then I think he even had a few people where they would just give him their account and he would play for them and get them to a certain level, and then they would take over from there. Uh, so somebody, Goodness you me. know, and, and the guy was like, yeah, I, the, that's the only thing I'm passionate about. So there's plenty, like, 
people just don't see how they can turn their passions into business. That, that's a huge problem. And so they try to figure out something that's logical. But what's logical will be much harder on you mentally to overcome the struggles. But, but Mia, here's the thing that I'm a little bit struggling with. I, I agree with you on that part. And that's what we are primarily told about, you know, by the likes of Warren Buffett and all of that. But here's the thing I struggle with. I think there's a combination of both, the, the passion and the logic. It might be something like 70, 30 or 80, no, no, 20. Yes, but what you want to do is passion, comes from the heart. Then you need to put logic and you need to create product market fit. Now, product market fit will then polish up what you're passionate with what really makes sense on the market. Yeah. So, yes, of course. It's always, it always comes down to balancing, but that initial idea needs to come from the heart. And then, of course, you know, product market fit is triangulation of three things, audience, product, and business model. And it's not a linear process. It's not, oh, first the audience, then the product, then uh, the business model. No, you constantly go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth between those three and you are yeah. pivoting a little bit, polishing, changing a direction and so on until you come to a product market fit that really makes sense. Sure. Because I've seen a lot of people, uh, you know, in a similar kind of light. Perhaps you're, you're absolutely right because you've seen that a lot more times um, than perhaps me. Where you think those two key things you mentioned, the product fit and the cash flow is the, is the key things to, to, to making it. It's, it's where someone goes in with the whole heart and perhaps lacks that kind of the logic side of it. And then a couple of years have gone by, years gone by, they're like, ah, no, it doesn't work. I'm kind of fed up now. I'm going to leave. Yeah, that happens a lot because a lot of, I would say majority of, the, of entrepreneurs, we are the more creative people. We have ideas, but then we lack that organizational part, the logical part, the structural part. I'm lucky enough that I have my COO that takes care of all of that. So I can be the crazy entrepreneur and my team takes care of that. Now, of course, if you don't have the resource of money to hire a team, uh, then you have to do that by yourself. And that, that school was for me my last startup. You know, I was hugely in debt. I had no money to hire people. So I had to learn how to ground myself, how to balance myself, how to be logical and emotional how to be the creative entrepreneur and also the nerdy uh, system kind of person. It's not easy. It's very hard. That's why it's good to have, you know, like guidance that guides you through that and tells you here, you need to figure out this from the heart. This is not logical. Like sometimes I joke around because I have a program for new entrepreneurs and I joke that I'm their emotional eco guide. And, and basically, in each chapter, I tell them, like, like this chapter, this is where we have to use logic. This is where we not, must not use too much emotions. This is where we have to be more emotional. This is how we use our emotions. So I guide them through the EQ of the whole business development. Because, yes, you, you have to balance both. It's never, the, the, the answer is never black or white. It's, it's the answer is that rainbow of colors in between and finding that balance. It, basically, in business, you're constantly trying to f improve that balance. Right. That's very well said, actually, with the, with the rainbow analogy, you know, it's everything in between. 
earlier on you touched on this um you talked about you know how how we can establish a healthy relationship with failure and you mentioned the first was you as an entrepreneur you know having the uh, emotional intelligence and mindfulness what was the other kind of components to that um these two are the biggest one the one in between that helped me was breathing exercises um you know the buddhist breathing exercises so yeah. for me it was okay being mindful throughout the day and then when i saw that you know oh this is somewhere where i need to step away and then to clear my head from from that autopilot i used this simple breathing exercises for maybe just a minute or two or yeah. uh, just to clear my head to get out of the emotion of the moment and to then be able to say okay has anything similar happened to me in the past yes or no how did i react in the past w did that result in a good outcome can i try something different this time and so on. so it's basically really that that emotional intelligence moment is is really asking yourself powerful questions and if i had no answer i would say you know oh just be uh, i really need to think about this i need to consult with my team or i need to check this or i need to do that would it be okay if i get back to you tomorrow and i would buy myself enough time to maybe ask a friend or consult with my mentor or you know see if there's something on google that can help me decide so so um if i was able to come up with an answer or with what i should do in that moment and that i yeah. strongly believe that that's the right thing i would do it that way uh or i would say okay let's wait until tomorrow or i need a few more days to to really work on this before i make any decision uh but yeah for me like the sequence is mindfulness and then the breathing exercises and then the emotional intelligence and really it's all about that and then you will see that the best way to fight with either a fear of failure or failure is with logic not with emotions emotions will cloud your vision we fail when we set a goal or a dream and then we not reach that goal let, let, let me try to explain in this way so let's say that i want to lose 10 pounds in the next 30 days which wouldn't be the worst thing but uh so if i don't hit that goal it's the process not the goal itself but the process is either wrong so a wrong process would be going to mcdonald's every day yeah that would be a completely wrong process and then you know like why would i go into emotions i mean i was just stupid i, I was doing the wrong steps or maybe i was eating healthy food but i ate i don't know 10 pounds of bananas every day and 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 five salads and this and that so my calorie intake was bigger and that would be a bottleneck so either my process my steps from point a where i am right now to point b where my dream my goal is i was either i was doing the wrong steps or there were bottlenecks and so i need to focus on the process improve the process and then i will hit the goal and then of course when you're setting goals it's good to set some milestones because then you quicker it's it's quickly um you have this almost like resets in between you know yeah um on a weekly basis for example and you can quickly see oh 
this is what I should have been doing in this week, but I wasn't, and these are the results. So I still, if I still want to hit that goal next week, I need to really step it up. And then you know, you know, like the thing is, your steps, your process needs to be aligned with that goal. And most of the time, we set goals when we are emotional, and we set yeah. big goals, but then our steps don't follow, our action steps don't follow. And that's why we, we miss goals. That's why we fail. You know, like even in, let's yeah. say in a relationship, you know, you fall in love and you want to make that relationship work. You are so obsessed with that end goal in mind. What you're creating is negative energy. Instead, you need to communicate. You need to spend some time together. You need to talk about the important stuff. You know, you need to have enough sex as well and so on. So, you know, like, yeah. There, there, there are steps that you can do to have a successful relationship. But most of the time, we skip those steps and we are just focused on, I want this relationship to work. I want this relationship to work. And then it fails. Very, very interesting take on that. I mean, now we're coming towards the end of the show. Uh, what's, what's next for you, Mia? Oh, a lot. <laughs> one thing that I'm working towards, that's why, I mean, a lot of time people ask me like, why, why do you even do what you do? I mean, you don't have to do it. Why do you do it? But um, I have a, a two very big whys. Uh, so one why is uh, my nonprofit organization, Failures Anonymous, which is similar to Alcoholics Anonymous. I want to have a, an organization worldwide with these small groups where people can talk about failure and a lot of other things around failure uh, so that we come as close as possible to eliminating that taboo because it's killing so many dreams and also killing a lot of people. Failure is the number one reason for suicide among entrepreneurs. So that's, that's the one why. And the second why is a bit more intimate because during my journey uh, back, at one point, I adopted a dog, and that dog really, really was my angel. I mean, he still is my angel, and he really helped me in that process. And uh, um, I really want to give back to the animal community. And right. so uh, I want to create another nonprofit with uh, creating shelters and, and uh, veterinary mobile stations and so on. And, you know, for both of them, I don't want to depend on anybody. I don't want to beg somebody to give me money or something. I want to fund that myself. And that's why I'm really doing what I'm doing. I, I don't need much for myself, but it's, it's for those two causes. Wow. And well, how can people find you, connect with you, ask you questions? Well, easy. Just go to Google and type in fail coach. Fail coach. Perfect. Awesome. I, I think like first three, four, five pages, it's all me. Uh, so they can either listen to other podcasts. They can uh, connect with us on all the social media where we are. They can see my programs, my offerings. Uh, my website is fail.coach. So plenty of ways. But the easiest one is just go to Google, type in fail coach, and then pick whichever one you prefer. Awesome. Any last words before we go? Healthy emotional relationship with failure, that's super important. And laying down foundations, like foundations are everything. Building a business is no different than building a house. You would never start at the second floor when you're building a house because, you know, then it would be air in between the ground and the second floor. Yeah. 
But so many entrepreneurs start building their business at second or third floor and they, they lack the foundations. And then it can go well for quite some time. And you can go to six, seven, eight figures. But at one point, if the foundation is not there, everything will fall apart, just like a house of cards. No. Well, thank you so much. It was, it was awesome having you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of Only the Brave Have Fun. I hope you got some great value and insights from this episode. If, and if you're someone who wants to transition from being an employee to an entrepreneur, then I have some great free resources for you. If you visit www.jazbearaurora.com, that's www.jazbearaurora.com, and drop me a line, I will send you an ebook and also a one-hour masterclass. And also, um, go and take the Escape the 9 to 5 survey, uh, which will help you understand where you are right now um, and where the gaps are in your knowledge to transition from being an employee to an entrepreneur. And if you're a business and you need help growing or if you have any uh, issues that you'd like to discuss, then yeah, once again, visit the website and I'll be more than happy to help you. Thank you for listening.